What we want to do today is continue. This morning, we start talking about something this morning. We want to definitely get into that today. We got on to uh, talking about how did God save your soul from hell? Because that's what he did. Say that with me. How did God save my soul from hell? Right, because that's exactly what he did. God saved our soul from hell. Man, I, 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 don't, I don't know what excites you, but to know that I never, ever, ever got to go to hell. I never, never, ever got to see hell. The Lord made sure that didn't happen. Amen. So I'm, I'm so grateful. I thank him every day for my salvation, which that is just a tip of the iceberg of all that God has done for us. So I want to get right into the word. Now, let's go to the book of Jonah. I want to look at Jonah chapter 1, and then I want, in verse 17, and then I'm going to go to Jonah 2, I'm going to read the first seven verses. This started way back there when I talked three days and three nights. I'm still on it. I want you to understand, those three days changed the course of history. As a matter of fact, changed my life. What God did in three days changed my life forever. All right. From the book of Jonah, chapter 1 and verse number 17, I'm reading out the King James Bible. And then I'm going to go right into chapter 2 and read seven verses. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. Jonah was in the whale's belly three days and three nights. Now, God likened that to Christ. When he died, went into hell, the grave and on into hell for three days and three nights. So we're going to continue on verse number two. And he cried by reason of mine affliction, he says, unto the Lord and the Lord heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heareth my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas. The floods come past me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed upon. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters come past me about. Even to the soul, the depth cry, closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. Here's, here's my verse. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me. He was in hell forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption Oh, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord. And my prayer came in unto him into thy holy temple. Now, that's why I'm doing the teaching on how did God save my soul from here. We got that from one of the teachings. And, and we went through that in the uh, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12. Let's go back there. 
Uh, that question was asked Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 12, and verse number 38. They asked Jesus for a sign, and that's what the Jews did to all the prophets, uh, give us a sign. And all through his ministry, he gave them signs, but this was the last sign. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, uh, he says in verse 39, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh for a sign. And there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonas the prophet. Then he's going to tell him, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. Now that word whale's belly, we give you all words that show you what hell, hell is. Because God talked more about hell in the Bible than he did about heaven. Twice as much. Exactly, twice as much. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. Shall the, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So he, he had different names, whale's belly, heart of the earth. We gave it this morning, prison. So we want to go back and show you that. Now, don't mess this up with Christ died on the cross. Now, Christ died on the cross, that took care of sin. We want to make sure you understand that. You have to have the blood of Christ to get rid of the sin. That's already been dealt with. Let, let me give you a couple of verses on that anyway. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. So you want to understand that, that when Christ died on the cross and Christ went to hell was for two different purposes. I'm going to show you that was a natural death and then that was a spiritual death. So we have to understand that Christ saved me twice. Because first of all, he died for my natural man, he died for my spirit man, or my soul. So we have to always, always be grateful to the Lord. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 5, just one verse. It says, this letter from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So we have to know how God did. When he took our sins, he took our sins in his own blood. So when 1 Corinthians 15, we read that every week, we talk about how Christ died for our sins. Well, he died for our sins. He had to die because he had to give up his blood. And that was why he is called our Passover. We had to have the blood to wash away the sins. We had to have the blood for the forgiveness of sins. And that's what Christ's blood did for us. All of us. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. But he also went to hell. And we just want to show you that because we was going to give you Isaiah this morning. Matter of fact, I, I will give you that now. Did I just say we're going somewhere? Let's go to Isaiah 53, uh, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 10. You know, if you're going to take your notes for your pastor, you've got to always have them right there, right can't have them hid in, in the back in the back in your Bible somewhere. Isaiah chapter 53. Now let's go to Isaiah 53 and we want to start looking at verse number 10. Watch what the Bible says. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now we're talking about Christ on the cross in Isaiah 53. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, his son. He shall prolong his days, and the pledge of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 
he shall see the travail of his soul. And that word travail is also suffering. And shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquity. That's, that's the sins. But he, he, he bared them in his soul. That's why Isaiah 53 and verse 10 says, he made his soul an offering for sin. Remember, Christ took our sins in his own soul. Peter, let me show you. Uh, matter of fact, we can do this one in Isaiah while we're there. Isaiah chapter 53. Let's back up where it started at verse 3. Verse 3 said, He's despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief. Now, where's all this happened? In his soul. He borne our grief, he carried our sorrow, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. Now let's go to 1 Peter 2.24 because he's going to tell us about the cross. So when we do 1 Peter uh, chapter number 2, Peter told you that it happened on the cross. 1 Peter chapter number 2. I'm just glad I'm saved. I don't know about nobody else, but that, that's just the way I am. I'm glad I'm saved. 1 Peter, because I could have died before I was saved. And 1 Peter 2.21, let's start there. 1 Peter 2.21 says, For even here until were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his step. Now, Peter is preaching to the Jewish believer who did no sin. So that remember, he didn't go to hell for himself. Neither was God found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Watch what he says. Who his own self, that word self is soul, bear our sins in his own body. Now we know it happened in his own body, but it was in his soul. On the tree, that's why he had to die on the cross. That we being dead to sins, see that's how we got dead to sins, should live on the righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So we, want to, we don't want to ever get away from the cross because the cross is where God paid for our sins. Uh, look at Galatia. Let me give you one more. In Galatia chapter 3. Galatia chapter number 3. So we have to know on the cross is where the curse, the exchange was made. Galatia chapter 3 and verse 13, what we want. Christ has redeemed. Now that redeemed is his blood. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangeth on the tree. Hanging on the tree was crucifixion. When he died on the cross, he was made a curse. Why did he do that? That the blessing, which is the opposite of the curse, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile, that's us, through Christ Jesus, that you, we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Let me go to 1 Timothy 3.16. You know what I like about this, this 1 Timothy 3.16? When God says the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. The gospel was preached to the Gentiles. So you can't go and take what Peter, James, and John gave the Jews 
because the gospel was only preached to us through the apostle Paul. First Peter chapter three and verse 16. I'm sorry, first Timothy three and verse 16. Thank you for correcting me, help me, thank you. First Timothy three sixteen. But if I tarry long, Paul says, that thou mayest know how thou, I'm sorry, verse 16. I'm going to verse 16. And without controversy, God was manifest in the flesh. That's the thing happened when he was born. He was manifest in the flesh. Number two, he was justified in the spirit. Now, to be justified in the spirit means he had to be born again. See, that's what happened to you. You were justified. You were justified in the spirit. You were made righteous. God had to raise his son from the dead. That's why he was called the first begotten from the dead. The firstborn, the Bible says, among many brothers. So he was the firstborn in his kingdom, just like it was in the days of, of Adam. Adam was the firstborn in his kingdom. Christ was the firstborn in his kingdom. You see? That's why you're born out of the kingdom of Adam into the kingdom of God. And verse number 16 said, without controversy, great is the mystery of God. This God was manifest in the flesh. Watch this. He was justified. The word justified means made righteous. He was made righteous in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. That's why Paul preached Christ to us. Then it says, he was preached to the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. And then he was received up into glory. Now, he gave you everything happened to him from A to Z, receive up in the globe. But we want to talk about those three days and three nights that he was in the heart of the earth. Where did he go? He went to hell. We gave that this morning. We're going to show you what he did. First Peter chapter three. We're going to move quickly so we can get to our new, men new menu here. First Peter chapter three. Where did he go? What did he do? In those three days. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Christ also has suffered, once suffered for sins. See, that's over. That was the cross. Now he gets to the next part. The just for the unjust. That was 2 Corinthians 5:21. Christ suffered for our sins. He died for our sins. The just for the unjust. That he may bring us to God. See, we couldn't come to God without Christ down on the cross. Being put to death in the flesh. See, that, that's what happened to him. He died to death. He was put to death in the flesh, but he was quickened by the Spirit. He was made alive by the Holy Spirit, by which also he went and preached. Now, that's why I said to people, don't base your salvation on water baptism. Even Christ had to go in hell and preach to people that was already dead so they can become alive. See, it was a picture of Ezekiel. Remember Ezekiel? How all those bones live in Ezekiel 37. He preached, and then the bones came alive. You can't be saved by water. You got to be saved by the gospel. I gave it at this morning, Romans 1, 16. The gospel is the power of God on the salvation. That's the gospel. The gospel is God's power now. All right. By which also he went. This is 1 Peter 
chapter 3 and verse 19, by which also he went and preached. Christ went and preached unto the spirits in prison that really is souls. He preached to the souls that were in prison who were sometimes disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. So the soul that died while they was waiting to build the ark, it was a type of when Jesus was here three days and three nights, there was a whole lot of people that died. But Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, so he died so they could be saved. That's how they did doing the ark. The ark was being built, but there's a whole lot of people didn't get in the ark because they died before the ark was finished building. So this is who he's talking about, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now, in that subject, only eight souls were saved, and people would take this and say, you got to be baptized in water to be saved. See, that, that's what people do. They take the word of God and they twist the word of God. He didn't say that. He said only eight people were saved by water. They were in the ark. If they were not in the ark, they could not have been saved by the water because the water is what took up the ark. Take them out of the ark, throw them in the water, they'll die with the rest of the people. Ain't that right? So it wasn't the water that saved them. They were saved by the water. Otherwise, if the water had to take them up, that's resurrection. If the water didn't take them up, the water would have covered them and they would have drowned too. Ah. Do you see that? It took the water to make the boat to rise. But if they were not in the boat, they would have died. The water would have covered the boat and they would not have had any air or food for 40 days and 40 nights, and they would have died. So the water taking up the boat was a picture of resurrection. Hallelujah to myself. The like figure. <laughs> then he going to say the like figure, whereunto even baptism does also now save us. The like figure. Baptism now is with the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. God put us in the Spirit is how he saved us. All right, let's move on. That's enough of that. Let's go to 1 Peter 4. I'm sorry, I got to do the last verse there. Verse 22. 1 Peter 3, 22. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. 1 Peter 3, 22. Then we go into 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 3, 22 says, Who is gone into heaven? So he's told you what Christ is. He's gone into heaven. He's on the right hand of God. See? Angels, authorities, and powers now made subject to him. All right. So we know where he is now. He's in heaven. All right. I gave it some things this morning uh, that I want to look at. I gave you. Well, let's look at first Peter chapter four, because I want to go down there uh, in verse number five. That's where I want to start at. First Peter four, five. Who shall give account to him that's watched it ready to judge? He's ready to judge who the quick and the dead. Those alive and were dead. That's what Peter said then. For this cause was the gospel preached. Once again, the gospel had to be preached. Watch this. Also to them that are dead. Now, we know this 2,000 years ago. That's why he said those that are dead. Jesus went into hell and preached to the prisoners who was in Abraham's bosom, paradise, to those people that were dead. 
They had died and they had went to hell. How is he going to get them out of hell? Water baptize them? I don't think so. He preached the gospel to them that were dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. That's why I stopped this morning. Now, what I want to say to you this morning, let's go to Psalm 116. These things you're hearing in the new covenant came from the old covenant. So that's why I'm going to go to Psalm 116. I'm going to start verse 1. Psalm 116, verse 1. See, God rescued us from death. You will hear the Bible tell us in Ephesians chapter 2 that we were born in sin. See, we were dead in sin otherwise. You were dead in sin. So God had to born you again. That's what it calls the new birth. Now watch what he says in Psalm 116. These Psalms is prophetic about Christ. So he says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication. Because he had inclined his ear to me, therefore I would call upon him as long as I live. Now listen to it real good. The sorrows, you hear the same thing Jonah said. The sorrows of death come past me. Now this is when Christ was on the cross, a lot of his son, they already said what's going to happen. The sorrows of death come past me. The pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then call I on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Why? Because his soul had gone to hell. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yeah, our God is merciful. The Lord prevented the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Return to my rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. And so that's what God did. That's what God did in your life. That's what God did in my life. He delivered our soul from death. He delivered our eyes from tears. He delivered our feet from falling. Somebody give him a big hand of praise for that. That's what, I, that's what our God did for us. So, so that's why, that's Psalm 116. So that's why I'm putting a few of these Psalms in here because I'm giving you definition for the word hell. I showed you that he says the whale's belly, the heart of the earth, the bottom of the earth. Let's show you one that happened in the Old Testament. It's called the pit. Let's look at that one. Number 1628. See, all these were places that the Bible used for hell. From the book of, of Numbers, it's this one is called the pit. Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter number 16. This is an awesome thing to be with the wrong crowd. Because this is what happened that day. They were coming against Moses, telling Moses that God, God, he wasn't your only authority. And God said, Moses, show them who's the man. We'll start in verse 28. Number 16, verse 28. Moses cried, hereby shall you know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. I have not done them on my own mind. If these men die to come in death of all men, 
If they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth. Now, these guys are standing around. Listen to Moses. They don't know who who, who going to be going down. They just was with Korah. They shouldn't have been with Somebody said they shouldn't have been with Korah. But if the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertaining to them. I'm talking about their houses, their cars, their animals, everything they got. He said, if God do that, then God must be speaking by me. I guarantee they realize after that, huh? He said, and they go down quick into the pit that you shall understand that these men has provoked the Lord. And it came to pass as he had made an end of his speaking, all these words that the ground clave. Now here come the thunder. And the ground clave the thunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. And their houses and their men appertaining to Korah, all those that were Korah, and everything they had, all their goods. They and all that they had went down alive into the pit. And then the earth closed upon them and they kept on going. And they perished from among the congregation. See, you know what I looked at? Why I give God the praise? I told you one time, I said, I praise God even when my suck pump go up. You know, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I want you to remind me to praise you. And I said, you know what? Every time I hit a suck pump, I don't care where I am, my wife will tell you. I said, thank you, Jesus. Because if my suck pump don't work, it means my basement is flooded. Some of y'all going to get that revelation. So I'd rather just say, thank the Lord every time the sub pump go off. God is letting me know that my basement is not flooded. I don't have to get the shop vac go down. I don't have to call up all that other stuff, right? Right, because I just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for the sub pump. Praise the Lord. You got something to be thankful for. My point is this. It's an awesome thing to be right there with them and those people who with Korah and their houses and everything they had went down into the ground and then God closed up the ground again and Moses kept on talking. Now that's an awesome thing. I thank God I wasn't at that church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so, but my point is, that's one of the names for the word the pit. Then we had the prison. I gave you the prison already when I gave you when Christ went and preached. He went and preached to the prison. So now you got to understand how, how, how hell was. In the old covenant, hell was beneath the earth, of course. But you got to understand, once they went to hell, if you look at the cross, they had three crosses. You probably always remember why three crosses. Because one man didn't know. He was running his mouth on the top of the earth and hell was waiting below. The fire, the brimstone, was underneath the man who was telling them about you, this man. He's a malefactor. Don't listen to him. Hell was underneath him, waiting, just like, come on down. Won't be long you're dead, your soul coming to me. Well, on the other side of Jesus was the man who believed God. 
Underneath that man was called paradise, Abraham's bosom. And see, at that time, paradise was under the earth. I showed you that this morning. I'm going to show it to you again. Paradise was under the earth. It was the place where all the people that believed God went to, like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the old patriarchs. They went to paradise. And they were taken care of. Their soul was taken care of there until the resurrection. That's why you had uh, two men showed up talking to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. How many know who they were? Moses and Elijah. All right? Because they knew if Jesus didn't go to the cross, they couldn't come visit them no more. See, they were, they were visitors from paradise. That's what they for. They were visited from paradise. But the key was, if Jesus didn't die on the cross, they couldn't come and visit. They couldn't come out. So I'm going to show you that's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. He allowed, he made sure the people in paradise were put on, on the top, the third heaven. That's why the Bible said we sit above all principalities and powers. The third heaven. And we showed you this morning that paradise is where Paul had a revelation of. But paradise wasn't there first. Now, that's why I want to start there and take off. Because I got some more I want to show you. Because you have, you have many words. You have paradise. You got prison. You got the grave. You got sheol in Hebrew, which is the same thing as, as, as hell. Then you got Hades in Greek, which is the same thing as hell. Hell is in English. Hell is the English language. All right. So we want to look at these. But, but then we're going to get to Gehenna, which is the last one, which is the lake of fire. Now, that's what, where all of the people go now who don't want God is the lake of fire. Hell has been cast into the lake of fire. Let, let me just start off there and work my way up. Because these kind of things, uh, you're going you to need to know. You're not going there, so thank God for that. Revelation 19, 20. So you got to understand. See, you can listen to stuff as long as you're not going. You shouldn't be afraid of something when you're not going. But every time, every time you, 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 you go out for the flesh, you got to understand the flesh wants to lead you to hell. You, you don't want that. You know, the Holy Spirit come and lead you to God. All right. Now, God already... You know, the Bible said hell enlarges itself, but now hell is in the lake of fire. Now, I know people don't think it's that way now, but I'm going to tell you, if, if, if it's not so, then the devil is alive and well. But I'm going to show you, he's not. He's in the lake of fire. And all the false prophets of those days, they're in the lake of fire. And everybody else who don't want God. So he's not running out of no room. All right, let's look at it. Now, in Revelation chapter 20, I'm going to be moving pretty good. Revelation chapter 20, we're going to go down and look at verse number 10. Revelation chapter 20, I'm sorry, 19 and 20. Let me start off there first, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 19, and let's start off verse 19. Revelation 19, 19. Now, this word beast in the book of Revelation is a man, okay? It's a king. Just like the Garden of Eden it was nothing but kings. So when you go study the word of God, maybe I'll show you what that is in the Bible, because that's what you have to understand. They were nothing but kings. They called them trees, 
like cedar trees. They had names like that, but they were, only, they were all kings. Now, I'm going to show you the chapters in a moment. If I get a chance to show you this. All right. Now, in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 19, watch, here we go. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth. So they, they were all kings. So it's not like a, a, a monster. Okay, it was a man. And their armies, a king uh, 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 and their armies, gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. That's what Christ came back to Israel. You don't have him. What you need, you don't have no horse and no army over here. All right. And the beast was taken. That was the king. I'm going to go to Daniel and show you this in Daniel also, because that's what he quoted you from, Daniel chapter 7. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought the miracles before him, which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. Can't you see it said, which had received the mark of the beast? Right. And them that worshipped his image, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, he didn't say they're going to be. See, that's what religion does. People who don't want to believe the Bible has happened. They'll say, well, you know, this, this still yet to happen. But that ain't what that said. You know, it says, those that receive them are, and them that worship the beast. Worshipped, E.D., worshipped. These both were. See, if you don't read for yourself, man, somebody tell you anything. As a matter of fact, they take your checkbook and say, you know what, this, ain't how, this is not how much money you got, this is how much money you spent. You don't even know the difference. So you just give me your credit card because you already spent everything in your account. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So that means that that's already there. All right. Now, let's go to the next one. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. You can read all this later. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. And the devil. See, this what. See, the Bible already told me in Hebrew 2.14. Somebody put the verse down in case I get a chance to go to it. That Christ already destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. But see, people today, they, 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 they still praising the devil. Just by everything. The devil is busy. I mean, the, I mean, you know, let me move. The devil that deceived. Past tense. The devil that deceived, past tense, them were cast into the lake of fire. So if you don't believe this has happened, you, don't, you think the devil walking around like, a, like they used to do. They, that's Old Testament. The devil was of the Old Covenant. Jesus took care of that at the cross. That's what you got to understand. So when I ask you how did God save your soul, he got rid of the devil. Now there are demonic spirits. How do I know that? You have to watch David, King David, and the Philistine. King David and the Philistine. Who, who got rid of Goliath? See, y'all, y'all don't want to watch this. You got it on your Facebook. Now your podcast, your podcast, just King David. He just watch it free. Goliath was hit between the eyes with a stone. By King David. And then his army took the army of the Philistines. Because they killed the champion. See, that was a type and shadow of Christ, how he would come and destroy the devil, and now we would get rid of the evil spirit. 
that's what happened. He put the church over the night. That's how you have to know Genesis, right? The light rules over the night. Yeah, you, you get it. All right. Now, in Revelation chapter number 20 and verse 10. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10. And the devil that deceived them were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, thank God he said, are, and shall be tormented there night and day. How long? How long? Forever and ever. So, so this is not like they're coming out again. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think I go see Crump. No, you can't go see Crump. <laughs> Verse 14. Watch what? Watch this. Now, I'm just going to keep reading. Just keep reading. I'm sorry. Let's keep reading. We're in verse number, uh, verse 11. Keep reading. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat up on it, for whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, talking about Israel, and there was no found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. See, people will tell you today, this ain't happened yet. Don't you believe that man over there? Judgment ain't happened. What? You tell me those folks are still waiting to be judged 2,000 years from now? No wonder people want to mess up. I'm not going to get judged until 2,000 years later. Who cares? Yeah. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were open. See, it can't be you because you're not in the book. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. See, that's not you. God don't keep a record of you in no book. <clears throat> and the book of life, and then he said, the dead were judged out of those things, were judged, E.D., out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Well, it can't be you. By grace, you say, through faith, not of yourself, not of works. So you just got to know that's not you. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead, which was in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. Once again, it can't be you. Here you go. This is what I want. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Those two places that was in hell was now cast into the lake of fire. Death and hell. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And the Bible said that was a second death. So when you, when you read that, you'll see it. Let's go do one more. Uh, Revelation 21 and 8. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. All that you can read, all is good, but I just can't read it all. Verse 8 said, but the fearful, Revelation 21, 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars have their part in the lake which burn it with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So that's why Christ had to die for us twice. He had to die on the cross in the flesh man, and then his soul had to die as he went into hell. Now, he did not go into hell for us with the fire. He had to go into hell, which we call paradise. I gave it this morning. One verse, Luke 23, 43. Luke chapter 23 and verse 43. Luke chapter 23 and verse 43. 
See, you had two places. You had a place where they would call paradise or Abraham's bosom, where all of the people who were with Abraham were there. It was just like it was in the days of Moses. Whoever on the Lord's side, let him come to me. See, that's what happened. All that wanted to be with God went to Abraham. All right, Luke chapter 23 and verse number uh, 43. The man just said to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So when did he come into his kingdom? See, people think, well, the kingdom ain't come. Listen, when did he come into his kingdom? The man asked him in verse 42, he, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus says to him, Verily I say to you, today. So we know he went into his kingdom 2,000 years ago. Today shall thou be with me in paradise. But that paradise was not up. The paradise was down underneath the man that's, that said this to the Lord. Now isn't that something the man telling the Lord, remember me, remember me when you come into paradise and their paradise is waiting for him underneath him. This man over here said, this man here, don't follow him. He's a murderer, he's a thief like us. Hell was waiting, hell was underneath him waiting. Just come on down. Isn't that something? Those men who was with Korah didn't realize the earth's going to open up that day and swallow them all up. Man, I tell you. See, I don't have no time to play around. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not going to hell for nobody. When I said nobody, not you neither. Nobody. <laughs> Whoever you are. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, I gave you Jonah chapter 2 this morning. I'm not going back to Jonah chapter 2. Let's go to Psalm 1610. Because I want to do Daniel. I forgot Daniel chapter 7. We're going to go there next. Let's do Jonah. What I say? Psalm 1610. Thank you. See, if you got as much word in me, if you know much word in me, you realize why it's all trying to come out at the same time. My wife, no, last night I was laughing. I'm going to tell her what I was laughing about. I'm talking about I was asleep. <laughs> Didn't I? I was laughing, when, but I know what I was laughing about. Isn't that something you sleeping and laughing, talking to somebody? My wife said, shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> uh, praise God. That was early, man. I think I went to bed at 5 o'clock. I don't know. I had to pray all night last night. I'm telling you, I had a list. I had a list so long. I just, I just laid down and just prayed all night. I fell off to sleep a couple of times, but God is my witness. I, I remember because I woke back up, but I still got these people. I've been praying all night. I got a list this long. And if I tell you the people this church that I'm praying for, then you know what I'm talking about. But there's a lot of people that I'm praying for. And sometimes you have to pray all night. This ain't no game. You be telling people, pray for me. Don't let nobody, don't let nobody lie to you. You be asking folks to pray for you. They ain't praying for you. They in the bed asleep. <laughs> you got to make sure you ask who you, talk to the right folk. Here we go. Psalm 16, verse 10. Thou will not. This, this is why he quoted this in Acts chapter 2. Thou would not leave my soul in hell. So that means that Christ had to go to hell. He preached to the saints in prison. 
Neither will you suffer that holy one to see corruption. Because that's, that's the thing you have to understand about corruption. The body will explode. And that's why I say to people as your pastor, I don't say it to put you down. But you don't kiss on dead bodies. See, I'm your pastor. I'm trying to tell you something. If you really saw what they did to that body before they brought it out here, you wouldn't do it either. Sometimes people have bodies two or three weeks and they're having a funeral. You don't know. That man is looking at you. That's why a lot of times they cover him up. They don't want you to touch him because they will split. They're doing all they can do to keep that body together so they can put it in the ground. After three days, really, really 48 hours, the body will begin to decompose. And that's why a lot of funerals, you see, they would put stuff in the ears and the nose and, and everything else trying to keep the chemicals, the pressure, the pressure from the chemicals inside to stay in the body so the body can stay together. Because the body would just break down and just lay flat and just begin to deteriorate. And then you got people that don't know that. See, I can tell you some things, but I don't say a lot of stuff to you because I just want you to just take my word. I don't want to just tell you all the things that I see. Just don't kiss the body. Kiss them now. You, 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 wanna, you got brother and sister family. Hug and kiss them now. You don't want to wait till they get there. That's not, that looks real spiritual, but it's stupid. I'm saying that to you because I don't want you to do that. Do you understand? I hope I hurt your feelings. You don't understand what you're playing with. That's flesh. You ever talk to a mortician, he'll tell you. But I don't have to do that. I've, I've been a pastor in ministry 40 years. I've seen, I've seen things. That... Just take my word. That body is full of worms. I don't know another way to tell you. And they have to put stuff in the body to kill them before they come here. And a lot of times they don't get them all. They don't. And they just take my advice. The body's gone. You got to understand all of us going to go back to the dust. You can't stop that. You got to make sure your soul is out of there. That's what you got to do. All right, let's move on. He will not suffer that holy one to see corruption. That's what he's talking about. Jesus' body did not deteriorate. He could not stay in the grave no more than three days. After three days, that body would have begun to break down. And once it does, you can't stop it. So that's why they use all the chemicals. All right, let's move on. See, I got it, Pastor. We got it. All right, go to Luke 16, 19. See, I'm your pastor. I love you. I don't want something to happen to you. But I know. I know. Because I know you. 
Because <laughs> if you kiss that body and that, that stuck to your lip, I know you. So I'm telling you now, don't do that. Luke 16, 19. Now here's, here's a story that Jesus told because this was absolutely going on. And he wanted to get a point across. So he gave them a point about a rich man and Lazarus. Both died. And verse number 22, it says, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. That's how you got Abraham's bosom. It wasn't heaven. It was under the earth. But it's the place where the believers went called Abraham's bosom. It was the same place at paradise. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Well, he could not have gone up because it was not prepared. That's what he says in John chapter 14 that preachers have been reading for the last 50 years that don't know what they're talking about. I go to prepare a place for you. He's talking about paradise. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am in paradise, Hebrew chapter number 13 told you that that's where he is in heaven, in Zion, in paradise. That's why Paul had the revelation of 2 Corinthians 12, that he was in the third heaven, which is paradise. But paradise used to be underneath the ground. But when Jesus rose from the dead in three days and three nights, he took that out of there, released all of the, the believers. That's why you got Ephesians 4 in verse 8. The Bible says, and he led. Put that screen, put it on the screen. Ephesians 4, 8. He led captivity captive. When he ascended, what is that he also descended into the lower part of the earth? What did he go there for? To lead captivity captive and give gifts to men. Wherefore, he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Well, who was those captivity? Those who were in prison or in paradise or in Abraham's bosom. Those guys who was in hell, they were was, they was still there until they were thrown into the lake of fire. That's all you got is hell to the lake of fire. It was, now, I'm going to show you how bad it is with hell when I get to Luke 16. That was hell. Lake of fire where the soul burns for eternity. You don't want to play with that. You, you, don't want, you, 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 you ain't that bad, man, let me tell you. <laughs> Your soul fall in that lake, you done. Don't be hollering about it, I can swim. Listen. That. <laughs> Do everybody understand? You know, I did, a, I did a message. I did a message when I was a young preacher. And I did a message called, What in Hell Do You Want? <laughs> oh my God, I was bad then. Had two guns. <laughs> uh, all right. But we got to understand. See, that's why, that's why he had to descend. That's why when you got Matthew chapter number 27, verse 51, 2, 3, where when Jesus rose from the dead, the graves opened after his resurrection. That's why they arose, that's why the graves opened, because the people came out of the grave that he just brought out in the old covenant 
that was in Abraham's bosom or paradise. Does everybody understand that? All right. Now, let me get to this guy, because this is a rich man here who didn't need God. That's all he was talking about. And verse number 23. So both of these people died. Rich man also died and was buried. That's all he said. He died, he was buried. But, the, but, 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 but in verse number two, it says that the beggar died and he was carried into Abraham's bosom. Uh, and he showed how angels took him to Abraham's bosom. But in verse 23, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. So he's telling you, you'll be able to see in hell. Your soul, listen, your soul doesn't lose sight. He lifted up his eyes, being in torment. That means he could feel. He sees Abraham. That means he could see. And Lazarus in his bosom. See, at that time, they had hell. They had, like I say, you look at the thieves on the cross, you can see the one that wanted God, the one that did not, under the one that didn't want God, that was hell, under the one that wanted God, that was Abraham's bosom in paradise. All right. But all of that was taken and thrown into hell. The, the one that was in paradise, the Lord released the captive. That's what Ephesians 4, 8 says, how he led captivity captive. He led them out of hell. He led them out of that place and put them in a new place that he was talking about in John 14. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am. So I know where he is. The book of Hebrew told me that he is in heaven in the new Jerusalem. So you have to know where the Lord is. This ain't no game. That's why I got mad with people and I saw them singing a song talking about I'm going up yonder. You going where? I'm sitting in church all my life and all I know is up yonder. And you don't know what up yonder is yet. That's what bothers me. Let me move on. In hell. He opened his eyes. He was in torment. He saw Abraham afar, Lazarus in the bosom, because that was a gulf between, a chasm they call it, a gulf between. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus. See, he still thinks Lazarus worked for him. Ain't that so? <laughs> Send Lazarus that he may dip his tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in your lifetime received your good things, Lazarus, evil thing. But now Lazarus is comforted and thou is tormented. And beside this, be, between you and there in him, there's a great gulf fixed otherwise, so that they which would pass from his cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from this. Then he says, I pray thee, Father Abraham, that if you will send him to my father's house, because like I said, I'm, I'm here. I can't get out. But I got five brothers. So watch what he's going to say here. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, no, Father Abraham. If one would rise from the dead, they will believe. Now watch this. Who am I preaching to you? Christ. What happened with Christ? He rose from the dead. You think people still believe? 
See, I'm here to tell you that Christ rose from the dead and still people won't believe. That's why, that's, that's why I say, that's why I do all my preaching now. That's why I tell you, you love folk, love them now. Give them their flowers now. Do it all now. Because going to the graveyard on Mother's Day sounds and looks real pretty, but they cannot smell those flowers now. They don't know you love them now. You can go out and cry all day and cry all night. I pass by. I'm going home. When I go home, I pass right by it every day. And I see people out there every day. I see some sitting out there in their chairs. They got their flowers. They got all their stuff around the grave. They said, whole family is gathered around the grave. Never came to church with mama one time when she was alive. That's what hurts me. I pastor people in this church and I don't even know your children. I pastor mothers in this church forever. And I'm telling you, never seen their children in church with them. And then when they die, they want to be at the cemetery. That ain't nothing but show. You know your mother's already 90 years old, 80 years old, and you can't come to church with her? That's why I fuss. One day out of a year. Can't even stop what you're doing to come to church with your mother. And I hope you get mad with Pastor Crump. Get mad. And I hope you get mad enough to do something about it. Your mother brought you here into the world. That's why I congratulate you. I want the mother of this church to stand. We want to congratulate you. I'm not talking about the mother of the door of faith. I'm talking about the mothers. You are a mother. That means you have children. And I want the rest of us to put our hands together and thank God. Because those people made sure somebody got here. All the hell you had to go through. Some of y'all had to raise your children by yourself. And all they ask for is to just come go to church with me sometime. My mother left last year, 92 years old. I had my mother for a long time. Why you got your mother? You better make sure you let her know how much you love her. You better make sure if you got some flowers, you better give them to her while she's alive. You can't wait until she gets old and can't smell them, don't know what to do with them. Stop taking stuff for granted. Show your mother you love her. Spend some time with her. Go take her somewhere. Go do something for her. Everybody don't have their mothers. You still got yours. Give Lord a big hand.
Come on, everybody on your feet. I'm just going to stop right there. My time is already gone. I can still tell Sister Crump I never got to the end yet. But that's all right. I got to hear from my wife next week. Amen. All right. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received in where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. Christ has already died, already been buried, already been raised again from the dead. And all God wants us to do is believe what he has done for our soul. Now I know, I, you, listen, it's an awesome thing to go to church all your life. And you believe the wrong way to be saved. Water is not going to save you. Your works is not going to save you. Christ had to come and die on the cross to shed his blood to save you from your sins. And then he went to hell so you will never, ever be condemned again. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. So when anybody tell you anything or try to put condemnation or guilt on you, you let them know, my Lord went to hell for my condemnation. You can't point the finger at me. Anything I had coming, he already paid it all. That's what the cross says. He paid everything I owe. You'll never have to go to hell. Never. You'll never have to see the devil. Never. Don't ever let nobody put that on you. You make sure you have Christ in here. If Christ is in you, you're God's son. My time is up. I thank you for yours in the door. Faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.